Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago, but those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year, plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the final week four of the NFL Draft Extravaganza. But we're still not there yet. We still haven't reached the draft. We still have one more episode to come out before the draft. It's the final week of what the teams need. It's, of course, the AFC East. Not bad, not a bad division. But most importantly, we finished this off with the dumpster fire that was the NFC East last year. We saved the trash for last. Exactly. (laughs) Where the Washington football team has the latest pick out of everybody in this NFC East. So getting us started, obviously, as I said, we're going to save the dumpster fire that is the NFC East for last. So we're going to jump straight into the AFC East. At the number two pick, the New York Jets. What do you do if you're the New York Jets? Well, considering as you mentioned, they trade trade with Sam Donald. That leaves you with a needed quarterback, a needed quarterback, and a needed quarterback. But I think they're going to take a quarterback. I should have said an offensive lineman there. That would have been a clever, you know, I thought you were going to say a running back, you know, honestly, but that was just me. We'll get into that later. (laughs) I feel like it's quarterback, and they clearly have their guy. 
it looks all signs point to it being Zach Wilson. I mean, it's just, it smells like a duck. It looks like a duck. It quacks like a duck. I don't think it's going to be a mongoose at this point. So I'm going to presume Zach Wilson's their guy. Maybe it's the ultimate smoke screen and they go with someone else, but it's hard not to imagine Zach Wilson in a New York Jets uniform come September. Yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly right. Or at the very least, I'll say this. There will be a new quarterback in the New York Jets uniform that's not been there ever before. Well, who knows? Maybe they bring back Tim Tebow or something. I mean, like anything could happen. Mark Sanchez, like, let's not say ever there before. Let's just say not last year. This is the Jets we're talking about now. That's true. That's a good point. But, yeah, I'm with you. Literally, my only need for this first pick was just quarterback with septuple underlines and a big box and exclamation points following it. Quarterback. That's what is needed at this number two pick. Realistically, yeah. And they have some good defensive players. We saw a little bit of them shine last year. And you got Robert Sala coming in as a defensive head coach. He's going to get the most out of them. So he just needs someone on offense to get you some points and manage the game, basically. Just somebody to not screw up. So, And maybe a guy who can make a play here or there. And I think they must have seen something to make that trade, to basically trade away Sam. They saw something they liked. So, Yeah, and, and let's not forget, they, you know, they made that trade pretty much in the middle of Zach Wilson's pro day. It, it seemed like that it was agreed that to. Was like, 40, that was actually the 49ers. Oh, yeah, trade. sorry. That was the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. But it is interesting that they turned down, if I'm not mistaken, a first-round pick from the 49ers for Sam Darnold earlier in the draft process, too. Yeah. it was. It's almost like they weren't sold on somebody until recently. Um, who that somebody is, we, we will come to find out probably soon. Uh, but we'll definitely find out next Thursday, that's for sure. <laughs> but Imagine if, you if after had, all this, they traded down. Yeah, I know. Just Just trade back for the heck of it. If you had to choose, if you're if you're Robert Sal and the Jets, obviously you're 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 the big board has come out, so we know where the quarterback rankings are. We both have Justin Fields as the second best overall quarterback. But if you're the Jets, is that the best fit for you to just go Justin Fields, or is Zach Wilson? Do you think a better fit for what the Jets need? As much as I'd like to give an answer right now, we're gonna find out when we do our mock draft for next week when I'm gonna give you an answer with an explanation. But let's just say it's gonna be a quarterback. It's not gonna be Trevor Lawrence, and it's not gonna be Mac Jones. We'll leave it at that for now. It's going to be Kyle Trask. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Trask off the board at number two. No, I'm just kidding. I can't wait to see that. And as, as he alluded to, we will be doing our mock draft and releasing that a little early next week. But we'll talk about that a little more later. So obviously, just number two, take a quarterback. Now, moving four spots later, as I mentioned, Miami moving up to six in the draft. Moving back to move up anyways. Anyways, Miami's number six in the pick. What do you do if you're Miami now? Miami is interesting because they have a lot of good players, but they lost a lot of good players, but they still have a lot of good players. They're very interesting how they managed to work this out. When I look at them, they, they can go in a few different directions. Rules is rules. And if you have a young quarterback, you give them an offensive line to keep them alive. But in this case, they have a pretty good offensive line that you can improve later in the draft with their abundance of picks. You have that young quarterback. You are not sold on him clearly based on how they did quarterback musical chairs last year. And they brought in Jacoby Brissett, who, if Tua shows any any of last year's growing pains, we'll call them, Jacoby Brissett will come in and take that job. He will take that over, and he will be the type of quarterback Flores likes where he will control the clock, he will not make mistakes, and he will make some, oh, wow, Jacoby, that was a pretty good play. He is a maybe not an, a starting quarterback, but he is sure as heck is better than just about any backup you're going to find. So what they're doing is, we even did it in the offseason, they brought in Will Fuller, they brought like they're giving him every offensive weapon in the book to be like, look here to it. If you got it, let's see it. And I think yeah. they continue that here. The question is, do you like a Jamar, uh, Jamar chase a little bit better? It is all around game. Do you like Devonte Smith's smooth route running ability to just 
absolutely smoke defensive backs and separate. And as we know, too, is he doesn't like to throw into coverage at all. He likes to see his receivers open. That's one thing we know is he doesn't need a big catch radius. He needs a big window, basically. That's where he specializes, more or less. We saw that last year, and even, honestly, at Alabama, we saw that a lot. He didn't really throw into tight windows to get the jump ball scenarios or anything like that or tight back shoulder fades. He waited till they separated or he just lobbed and had them run underneath it because Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, and all them down there somewhere. So I think Devontae Smith actually might be a good pick here, even though I have Jamar Chase as a higher-rated receiver. I think in that case, Devontae Smith's ability to get open, his route running might be a, a better fix. You also have Will Fuller, who's going to take the top off. Devontae Parker, who in flashes is an awesome number one receiver, and then at other times he's hurt, but whatever. But also at the same time, Jalen Waddle. The ultimate <laughs> cheetah, basically. I don't even know how else to describe it. Just an absolute yeah. cheetah. So I think any of those guys, or even if you feel Kyle Pitts, if he's somehow there too, I think any of those weapons, you find it, you get them and be like, all right, Tua, here's a guy that makes plays. Let's see what you got. Yeah. I feel like this pick's a, a dictated a lot on what happens with Atlanta and Cincinnati. Um, I think if Atlanta goes what everybody, you know, all the mainstream guys are saying, they go pick Trey Lance or they pick a quarterback there at number four. And Cincinnati takes Panay Sewell. I think if you're Miami there, that opens up the complete opportunity, as you mentioned, Kyle Pitts being there, which is a tough choice. Do I take Kyle Pitts or, in my opinion, I think Jalen Waddell is probably a better fit because Jalen Waddell was that slot, you know, get you the slant type, get you the slant and then get to the yards after the catch type of guy for Tua. Uh, but Devontae Devont, Smith was that guy that, you know, just caught a touchdown winning pass from him and a national championship winning pass from Tua on a uh, – broken play so they have a little bit of a connection there i think it's gonna be one of the alabama receivers if it's not kyle pitts in my opinion but yeah i definitely am with you here it's it's wide receiver and then kind of everything else after that if you're miami to be it'd be kind of fun to see jamar chase go with joe burrow and then Devontae smith or Jalen waddle go with two go back with two that'd be that'd be some fun poeticness i don't think it'll happen but it would be interesting to see yeah it could be it could be some fun stuff happen there um but yeah i'm with you though i just it's very simple just wide receiver at six don't 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 try to make this difficult, Miami. Just take what you know you need. Um, as you mentioned, they have an offensive line that's pretty good. And later on in this draft, with their second pick this round, or even in the second round, they have all the opportunity to pick more linemen. As so. basically as as this podcast has established, rules is rules with young quarterbacks. It's get them an offensive line and keep them healthy. Yeah. But this offense, they're the kind of the quote unquote exception is that they have a good enough offensive line to start with, and there's they have so many picks, and this offensive line class is so deep. They can afford to splurge a little early and make up for it later. And they've shown to be pretty good at drafting too overall. I mean, they had a pretty good draft last year, so they'd be fine waiting and getting somebody later than having to take the Rashawn Slaters or who, or Elijah Veritek or one of those guys that we have highly rated here at the top. Yeah, definitely. Now, moving on from this Miami pick to a very unique pick sitting at 15 in New England who has, I think if I'm not mistaken, I counted 13 players returning from COVID last year uh from opting out last year and obviously they'll be without stefan gilmore as he is still nursing the uh the torn achilles that that play that he uh suffered last at the end of last season so that's a big hit but you just re-signed cam you signed two top-notch tight ends and you all the other free agency yeah i mean they i think they I, i'd safe to say they probably had the best free agency haul out of pretty much everybody in the league at this point in time they definitely have the deepest. I feel like them and the Browns are the two leaders as far as like, okay, those they won free agency. Yeah. So then New England now at 15, 
outside of the top 10, not really there for the, one of those top four quarterbacks. A lot of people saying they want to go quarterback. Bill Belichick being Bill Belichickian and saying, we'll just see what happens on draft day. We'll see what the dog decides to do from the po- from his table. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're Bill Belichick's dog, what do you pick here at 15? Where does your nose go? Well, my nose goes where the where the winds go. And if I'm the dog, I consider trading up if any of those four quarterbacks start to slide a little bit. Let's hypothetically say Justin Fields, the guy we hold in high regard, drops to 10 for some reason. I really consider calling up Jerry Jones back. Look here, Jerry. What Arkansas player do you want that will let us this happen? Because we know how much he loves his Razorbacks. Hey, maybe that's why they signed Hunter Henry is use him as trade bait for for Dallas. They're, they're thinking they're Bill Belichick's always been known to being a couple steps ahead, so maybe he's onto something. But <laughs> I definitely think you consider getting that quarterback of the future to sit behind Cam if one of those guys you like slips. Like obviously, let's say they don't like Justin Fields for some reason. Then obviously you don't do that. I'm saying if like the guy you like slips, yeah. but if not. It's really kind of pick your poison. Like, I feel like they can just sit and wait for somebody to drop because there's going to be a, every year a guy that we have in our like top 10, 11 rankings, top five ish ranking. Sometimes it's going to slip. It's mandatory. Yeah. So they could kind of sit back and be like, who wants to trade up for this guy? And we'll take all their picks in our Bill Bell checking way. Or we're just going to take them because no one else believes it. I'm like, I look at Patrick Sertan, elite corner. I look at JC Horn, an elite corner. I look at Caleb Farley an elite corner that has the question marks about his back. I think all three of those with JC Jackson, who burst onto the scene last year and Jonathan Jones, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty. Whew, you're bringing back that secondary that won them a Super Bowl not too long ago at that point. Like you're sorry, Stefan Gilmore bye. we're, we don't need you anymore. We just got better at this position. Honestly, as Gilmore gets older, they replace him with a potential future pro bowl corner. Yeah. You could bring in a pass rusher if there's somebody he likes, or of course, Oh, you can always grab like a receiver if one of those guys slips to like give Cam all the weapons. Like, all right, Cam, no excuses. If not, here comes Jared Stidham. <laughs> yeah, no, that's completely possible. I, I, you know, I, I like what you said though about them trading up. That's that seems to be the odds-on favorite for what's going to happen here with this New England pick. Um, lots of talks with them trading up with either Detroit or Carolina potentially, maybe even Denver. Um, it would be really unique if they were able to, to swing a trade with John Elway in Denver. I don't think that happens. Um, but maybe Cincinnati might be a willing buyer here. Cincinnati could trade back, maybe take a couple of New England second round, a couple of their picks later on, and do some fun with it. But I, I mean, if, Cincinnati, it's it just fits. That'd be perfect. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I just think I look at this and I'm just like, if it if they do actually pick at 15, obviously they're in my eyes. I don't think they take a quarterback here. That just would be silly to take a quarterback at 15 when you have, as you mentioned, there's going to be somebody sliding down. For me, I'm looking more towards that linebacker and corner section, as you mentioned, a lot of the corners. But also, I'd like to say, you know, Jabril Cox or Micah Parsons with Bill Belichick's defensive calling. Uh, I mean, come on, Micah Parsons. If Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa is there, that safety linebacker hybrid with Bill Belichick, like, hoo-wee, hoo-wee. Especially with some of the pass rushers and front seven guys they brought in to go around him. And Bill Belichick's mind? Lord. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, look, we all think are sitting there looking at, at New England last year, and we obviously saw Tom Brady win a, a title, and there were all the people whispering like, oh, does that really mean it was Tom Brady's show? It was Tom Brady's show in New England? No, no, no. No, Bill, Bill, Bill Belichick was playing last season with two hands tied behind his back and a blindfold over his eyes just to try to just to see how tough he could make it on himself. 
and they still almost made the playoffs. Let's not forget, they still almost made the playoffs with close to 15 players being on the COVID list and then another seven on injured reserve for most of the season. When you are in the Super Bowl mode they've been in for so long and you put it so many resources to be a Super Bowl contender year in and year out, eventually it's going to tap out. Like you can't basically go all in for so long without having afterburn. And the last year was the afterburn. Like you lose your quarterback, you lose all those players you mentioned too. And you just didn't have any flexibility. You couldn't really do anything last year. You're just kind of stuck with what you had. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a very unique thing for, for new England. I'm excited to see as much as I, you know, new England has been that, that plague of the past. I, I'm excited to see what they do with this pick because there's, they, there's a lot of fun things they could do if they do, if they trade up, they trade back, maybe they trade out of the first round completely. And with all these offensive line and all the other aspects of this draft that are going to be deep, maybe they go with a deeper position, like the edge rushers we talk about that are going to be all available in the second round. There's just so many things that new England can do here with 15. It's going to be very interesting to see what they pull off because you already know the, the wheels are turning in Belichick's head. He's just like, all right, how much fun can I have with this? What kind of crazy thing can I come up with to make this work? Because let's not forget Bill Belichick at the, at the heart of all things. He's a, he's a planner. He's a coordinator and he loves to mess with people in particular. Most defensive coordinators do, but Bill Belichick especially loves to just mess with people. And so it's like more so than normal. So I, I, whatever he does, it's going to just be entertaining for no, no, nothing else If at that point. And we saw last year they took Cal Duggar with their first pick, and everyone questioned that, but he's a pretty good, versatile player too, a safety slash in the box safety type of hybrid. He's They did Chase Winovich. They've made some solid underrated picks recently too, so still don't doubt Bill Belichick's ability to make things happen. Yeah, not at all, not at all. Now, the surprise darling of the AFC East for most people I don't think for us as much. We, we both we both had some love for the Buffalo Bills last year. But picking number 30, the Buffalo Bills. And you look at this and you're just kind of like, huh, wow, Buffalo picking number 30. Who would have thought that's happening? <laughs> and if you're if if you're Buffalo, I mean, really, you've built a very strong young core. What can you add to the strong young core to c- continue your improvement and take that next step to a Super Bowl, maybe? It's interesting because you got what you need. You got Josh Allen, you got Stephon Diggs, and you got Cole Beasley. The rest will work itself out, basically. But I don't mind. I like the idea of grabbing offensive line here, keep Josh Allen healthy, hopefully get that run game going next year because it was virtually non-existent. Maybe help that out a little bit. Open up some more space for Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. Defense was underwhelming last year considering how good they were the last few years. So, honestly, any defensive help, get a corner opposite Tredavious White, Safety, they're pretty good, but get another linebacker to go with Milano and Edmonds. Another D lineman to go with that Oliver. You can go all over the place, but I'm going to stick with offensive line just because if you can get a little bit of a running game to go with Josh Allen, so it's not five wide, Stephon Diggs out there somewhere every single play, I think that'll open things up a lot more and help out the defense because they'll be able to consistently sustain drives a little bit longer instead of Josh Allen chucking bombs. Yeah, I mean, I think I pleaded with Buffalo every week of the season last year on on uh, NFL and his or cover six that if they could just get a running game going, they would have still been undefeated. <laughs> they could have easily beaten Kansas City and gotten to a Super Bowl if they had a running game in that game. I mean, really, you talk – it's like all their close games, the one thing they lacked was a running game. And and I, a, a simple way to fix that is obviously offensive line. But I also have edge rusher as a need for this, this team because despite all the good things that they did last year, they were – awful at getting to the passer just awful if it wasn't ed oliver 
or if it wasn't a corner coming off the edge or Jordan Poyer coming down and blitzing late, you did not get to the quarterback. Your your defensive line just didn't do it last year for you. So They had to manufacture pressure. They couldn't actually just get it normally. Exactly. I mean, you know, you kind of look at the Colts and the way they manufacture pressure. It's a different way because that's natural in the way that their team lines up with having Kenny Moore come off of that slot because if he's not covering anybody, next logical thing is to blitz off of that. That's just the simple way to do it. But with Buffalo, they had to actually build those type of plays into their defense because they just weren't getting anything at all. So it's just like, if, if I'm Buffalo, my first my first priority right here at 30 is an edge rusher because you kind of have your pick. Obviously, I, I, in my eyes, I don't think Quiddy Pay will be there. Um, he shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't be there, really. Aziz Ojolari might still be there, which is a fantastic pickup. <laughs> and Jalen Phillips and Greg Russo... If Jalen Phillips is still there, then my goodness, they should jump all over that if Jalen Phillips slips that far. My question is, what are you doing, you other 29 teams that let that happen? Yeah, I mean, really, if you if you let the, the Bills get even better, and if you especially let them get better by adding an edge rusher like the, the length of Jalen Phillips or maybe even a Wusu or Aziz Ojolari, I mean, you just basically said, all right, well, uh, you guys dominate the AFC East for right now. That seems to be the most likely. By the way, here's the best pass rusher in the draft, Buffalo. You you don't need this, but here you go anyway. Yeah, exactly. So that'd be a very interesting one to see what Buffalo does. All right, and because I forgot about him, we're going to real quick jump back on these these second picks. As I mentioned, the AFC East has so many picks. So we'll start with Miami at 18. That's their second pick in the first round. Obviously, this would be right after New England picks at 15. This is a little bit bit different based off of what New England does. But if you're Miami at this 18th pick, obviously six, you probably get a receiver. 18, what do you do? 18, I like looking at pass rusher. I think you can get a pretty good value player here. And you might even be able to stay at home, too. I mean, Greg Rosu might be just sitting right there, too, if he slides a little bit, too. A really big, versatile defensive lineman that can get after it. That's a pretty good option. Or, obviously, rules is rules. Offensive line is there. You consider taking, especially if it's a high-rated guy that happens to slip so far. I mean... Literally give Tua everything. Give him a brick wall with an entire arsenal on the outside. So you can always do that as well. That You can't go wrong there. But I'd lean towards Ed Rusher because I don't know who's really going to get after the quarterback from next year. Who's going to chase Josh Allen and Cam Newton around next year and whoever the Jets take at quarterback. So I would lean towards pass rusher, especially if maybe if Jalen Phillips slips because of the medical concerns. He somehow slips to this spot. We mentioned for the Bills, which if he slips that far, there's a problem. Slipping to Miami is not unlikely. I it's unlikely, but not a lot less, a little bit more likely than the Bills. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be an extra twelve picks just from here to get to the Bills. So that just tells you how much further that would be. And I, I like that that idea with Miami though. Looking at Ed Rusher first, uh, but I I do kind of lean more towards that offensive line and and shoring that up for Tua. I like that a little bit more personally, and I also like linebacker here. Uh, looking at, at a potential linebacker because they did lose Kyle Van Noy. Granted, Kyle Van Noy didn't do everything that Brian Flores hoped he would do for the Dolphins this last year. However, he did everything they needed him to do and more the previous year that he was there. So it's kind of like, eh, he did his good job one year and then the next year you got average Kyle Van Noy, which was still better than most linebackers. That's still a pretty good starting <laughs> linebacker. Yeah, that's still better than what they're going to probably have if they don't address it. Yeah, so, I mean, you look at 18, and, and obviously, as you mentioned, unless if there's an edge rusher that slipped here, 100% take him. If there's maybe a Leatherwood you're looking at or Derisaw you're looking at here for, for offensive tackle, maybe pick one of them up. Or 
in my eyes, I look at linebacker and uh, one of the few linebackers that are still be available here. It, it, it all depends. Um, and you, you got a few ju- pieces there, but like Jamin Davis might be a very fun one for Brian Flores to, to play with and have a lot of entertaining and a lot of entertaining packages for Jamin Davis to, to just have a lot of fun on. So we'll see what, what, what they do there. Um, that's a, that's a very athletic skill set to just let Brian Flores just like a kid with a new toy base like this is going to be fun. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of think of what, uh, what, what, what the Buccaneers were able to do with Devin white and just like, all right, yeah, go, go have some fun, bud. Mm-hmm. And and you saw how, how good he could be in the Super Bowl. It's just, it's terrifying. So, and then as I mentioned, also the jets do have a second pick and they pick at 23. So what do the jets do here at 23? Obviously you address your first need in quarterback. Now, what's need do you need to address next? If you're, if you're the jets. Well, kind of in the same vein, like this is a much later pick and you still have your early second round pick too. So you, you have plenty of leeway. You're not that your next pick really isn't that far away, but I want to say that once again, following the rules is rules trend to build that offensive line for your young quarterback. Mackie, but Mackie was a really good left tackle when he was healthy. Their offensive line when he was in there wasn't great, but he means this. They're still going to have to get offensive line in the second round if they don't do it here. But I like, I think they need corners. I think this is another team that, there's like three or four really good corners we've kind of talked about. I mentioned them all with the Patriots, and you could throw in Greg Newsom as well too. I think one of those guys would be a really good fit here just because you have Marcus May, who's a really good safety. He's really, really good. There's a reason they tried to keep, they decided to keep him around. Salas, he's going to bring in some smoke for that defense. They got a good defensive line, which, as we know in San Francisco, he loves the defensive line. I like Ashton Davis' safety. He hasn't got a chance to really flash as much last year, but I think he's going to be pretty good. I think you just need some help on the outsides, on the perimeters to give him that man-to-man ability so he can get very creative. So I like one of those elite corners. And of course, too, we'd be hard, hard pressed not to mention Micah Parsons with uh, Robert Sala calling the plays, uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa with them calling the plays. I'm going to stick with corners, a bigger priority, but man, those linebackers could be fun too. Maybe if you can coach up Zayvon Collins, get work, getting him out of that 3-3-5 defense, get him adapted to the, the NFL defense he's going to play. That's a playmaker at linebacker too. So he's got options, but I'm going to stick with corner. I'm sticking to my guns because you got to guard Stephon Diggs. You yeah. got to guard all of the, you got to guard everything that the Patriots are going to throw out there. And you got to guard all of Miami and the Tyree kills of the AFC. Like you got to cover them. You got to cover them. Yeah. And you're exactly right. I mean, that's, it's the number one, number one need right there is corner uh, because what their previously highest paid corner was Tremaine Johnson. And well, that, that didn't work. Not uh, nearly as well as it should. Have. He he spent more games on the bench as the highest played paid corner in the or in for the Jets than he did actually on the field. So um, that should tell you all all you need to know about how well he played last year. And let's not forget they did uh they they did blow a seam or a, a a vertical route to Henry Ruggs to end that that game over in Oakland. That was a uh... yeah. Not only do you call a cover zero and gauge eight, but you also fall for a slant go route like let. <laughs> You don't let someone that will not let that happen. Like Caleb Farley's here, even if he somehow falls for it, he's fast enough to catch up to Henry Ruggs. That's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Any one of these corners you pick up, as long as you don't go crazy and go pick somebody like 20 down on the list of corners, you'll be fine. It'll be a vast improvement over your current corner situation in, in New York. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. Give me corner linebackers. A good option. Uh, maybe, maybe one that they see if, if maybe a guy slips would be wide receiver. I don't see any of the big wide receivers slipping. But maybe they they like Rashad Bateman a lot more than we than than I do at twenty three. Uh, maybe they they like him 
But then I also look at their next round. I mean, obviously they they pick literally eleven picks later in the first, you know, one of the first picks in the second round. So maybe that's what they do with that next pick is the wide receiver. But if one slips, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go get them at twenty three. So. What do you think about the idea of them maybe grabbing one of those running backs here? Because you mentioned they do need a running back. I mean, right here you have Najee Harris, Travis Etienne is kind of the Javante Williams as well too, like kind of the three guys that are first round quality. But at the whole being a running back thing, like. Do you consider that if you're the Jets? You got your young quarterback. Do you consider giving him either a bell cow or a versatile running back back there to take a little steam off? Because nothing makes the quarterback quarterback's job easier than handing the ball to Najee Harrison and then breaking seven tackles or swinging at the Travis Etienne in the flats and watching him dance for 60 yards. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is if they're still both there, if uh, let's say both for some reason, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne is there, absolutely. I take Najee Harris right here because – I would have said ETN, and there's, but there's a reason I got to go Najee Harris here. They don't have enough blocking for Travis ETN to be able to find the holes to to be what he is as a running back. He is a running back that needs a one one cut and go type of a system. Whereas Najee Harris, he's a big enough back. He's six foot what two, I believe, six foot three, and he can jump over you, he can run through you, or he can just run around you. Take your pick, and he can do all of them, and he can catch out of the backfield. It would provide whoever this new quarterback is for the Jets an alternative. So if, yeah, both of them are still there, that is definitely an option. If it's only one of them, I hold off because I could still get a, a running back in the next round. And if that that means if there's only one of the two running backs available here at 23, that means another position that I need, that like an offensive lineman, is now one step closer to me. That means that somebody else above me took a running back when they probably should have taken an offensive lineman, which is a whole thing. Another higher graded player probably slipped down that you could find a way to use, just get a better player, basically more or less on your board. Absolutely. And that's nothing against these running backs. I love both of these running backs wholeheartedly. I think Najee Harris is the best running back to come out of Alabama ever. And I will die on this hill right now. This is the the hill I will choose to die on. And Najee Harris, and it's because of his, his aspect of catching out of the backfield that transcends what Derrick Henry, what Sean Alexander were able to do coming out of college. Um, I think you forgot about the legend known as Trent Richardson. Now let's take it easy there. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know we were counting bowling balls that had fumble problems, but um, Hey, now coming out of the draft, he was an outstanding prospect. His NFL career was terrible, but as a prospect, he was different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that prospects one thing, but well, we're talking about Najee Harris as a prospect right now, but performance wise, even, even Trent Richardson was surpassed by both Derek Henry and Sean Alexander and Najee Harris performance wise in college. So that's, that's the whole thing. You anyway. just want to die on this hill of Najee Harris. You just want to be on top. Najee, of Har- Najee Harris is the best, best running back to ever come out of Alabama, and he deserved a Heisman Trophy and uh, nomination, and not Mac Jones. That's my two cents there. My so only concern with Najee Harris at the NFL level is running away from people because you didn't really see that as much at Alabama as you would like, and it, I don't think he has the speed to run away from people. He'll give you four yards. You need four, he'll get you five. You need six, he'll get you six and a half, but you probably won't get you ten. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'll take a running back getting me six yards of carry. That works perfectly for well, me. I didn't say a carry. I just meant on a any given play. Like, like, yeah, I just yeah. don't think he's going to have your – I don't know if he'll have your home run threat necessarily. I could be wrong. He, Especially if he got an open field, defensive backs don't want to tackle him. I just wonder about getting past those athletic linebackers. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you never know. But he definitely – he showed a lot at Alabama where it's like, oh, I like all of those skills on paper. Yeah, and look, I'm not saying anything about any of the other guys that came out of Alabama. I'm just saying Najee Harris brings a lot more tools to the table – to work with he's like he's not just your normal handyman 
he's your sponsored by Craftsman Handyman that comes to comes to help fix your house. Whereas the other guys coming to your house are just your normal handyman who have the pieces they picked up. This guy has a full sponsorship kit from a company that's coming to fix your house. That's that's what I'm how I'm going to compare it. The other guys show up with a tool belt. He shows up with a tool trailer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a really good point. All right, but that does it for us with the AFC East now. Now we will be head to break, and we will be right back. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Love Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100-plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven-day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand-new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Unhinged Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to UnhingedSN.com. I'll be having DJ and the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As you just heard from our network sponsors over at Fanatics and Fubo TV, they are fantastic sponsors to have for the Unhinged Sports Network. We also want to give a quick shout out to Dr. Squatch Soap Company. If you guys haven't already checked them out, the link is in our bio. Have absolutely fantastic deals going on all the time. And you know what? Go go smell nice for some people, man. It, we're finally able to visit people now. COVID restrictions are loosening up. You're actually able to go out, actually able to have a beer, go to a bar. You got to smell nice when you go to the bar. You can't smell like you've been sitting in your house for the last year and a half. So, even though most of us have. But go get go check out Dr. Squatch, guys. Uh, link is in our bio. Absolutely fantastic. And then also, be sure to check out Everlast, our sponsor as well. And they are the longest-running sports brand probably in the country currently today that still makes gear. Uh, they've been going for 109-plus years making gear for boxing, training, any sort of calisthenics they have your gear so be sure to go check that out as well um obviously we're doing ufc 261 this weekend and most of the guys that will be fighting in ufc 261 probably trained on some everlast gear that's just usually how it works out so that's how fun it is Uh, go check out the link in our bio guys and it's in our link tree on our twitter page now moving to the nfc east the dumpster fire that is perfect way to finish out our entire roundup of the nfl draft extravaganza and the needs and wants for the NFC East, because very simply put, we can say they need everything. They need coaching. They need offensive linemen. They need help. Lots they and lots of help. Somehow. They, they need new ownership on pretty much every single team in the division. <laughs> but ironically, three out of the four teams pick 10 through 12. The next team, only because they finished in the playoffs, pick 19. So it's, it's, it's pretty easy. But starting out at number 10, those those girls, those cowgirls, those cowboys, however you want to call them, the disappointment of my season last year, they do get Dak Prescott back, though. So that is a big game. A much richer Dak Prescott on top a, of that. A very much deserved richer Dak Prescott, I will say. Um, and no Andy Dalton next season. So, yeah. So what do you do if you're Dallas at 10? 
you can go one of two ways with this. You build that offensive line to protect your expensive investment, as I will continue to hammer these rules as rules conundrum until it is over. But at the same time, that defense was so absolutely terrible that you need to grab literally anything on defense, and that will make it better. <laughs> Patrick Sertan, probably, in my opinion, the highest-rated corner, makes you a lot better instantly. Jeremiah Wusu koromoa put him next to Jalen Smith. Oh, good. Two, this, this helps out a lot. That's nice. And then if the six games a year that Leighton Van Dresch plays, that's a heck of a linebacking core. And then Keanu Neal is like a nickel in the box safety. Like, hello, athleticism all across the board. My goodness. Good luck, everybody else. Yeah. Defensive line. If he's there, I like Jalen Phillips for this team. I like him opposite DeMarcus Lawrence, who uh, franchise tag DeMarcus Lawrence. My goodness. Look out, everybody. Paid DeMarcus Lawrence? Meh. Okay. He's just a but, guy. Just another guy that sometimes makes a cool play. But <laughs> I like the idea of putting Jalen Phillips opposite him, especially if you get the best Jalen Phillips. You have bookend guys to get after, chase down Jalen Hurts to chase down Ryan Fitzpatrick slash whoever's going to be the Washington quarterback. That's kind of a weird conundrum mess thing. That, and then to chase Danny Dimes before he trips on the 20-yard line after an 80-yard scramble. Like, yeah. it gives you guys to get after the passer and these other NFC quarterbacks you'll be playing, the Kyler Murrays, the Russell Wilsons, the Aaron Rodgers. If you want to get where you want to go, you're going to have to be able to beat those guys, so you got to get after them. Obviously, corner is a big deal, too. Like, can't overestimate how much they need a corner badly. But I think corner is a little bit deeper, so you could possibly slip one later in the second round. I don't know. I like I liked Jalen Phillips because I think he's a guy that I have him as a top 10 player on the big board, and getting him at 10 I think fits just nicely. But him or a corner, either way, you just help that defense. My goodness, I still remember Odell being 16 yards in the backfield and managing to score a touchdown from 50 yards away on a reverse. That Allen Smith basically almost intercepted the reverse and still got, and he still scored. So they just need defensive help. All right, guys, the episode's done. Uh, DJ just broke my heart and soul and reminded me of the worst play I've ever witnessed in my life as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, That's not true. There's plenty of other ones that you could be worse. I don't know, man. That one was the field goal. That was so bad. Just for a regular season play where you're like, oh, man, you have the game in hand. You can win this game. All you got to do is tackle Odell 14 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, wait, he just danced around four people. Oh, wow, you guys just ran out of bounds. Oh, yeah, there goes Odell. Oh, man, Odell. Man, so that's what Brown can do for you. Crap. All right. And the Browns did have the lead when that happened, too. That was just kind of the nail in the coffin. But. Yeah, they had a chance to win the game. I'm still going to say that. Dallas had a chance to to win that extra game that would have given them the playoff spot and not Washington. I still stand by the Tony Romo fumbling the PA, the field goal attempt from, like, the one-yard line was a little bit worse. Oh, I mean, they're all bad. I can't – there's no there's no if, ands, or buts about it. They're all I bad. I mean, we can go down the list. We can go down the long <laughs> list if you want. I mean, we could break out the encyclopedia. We could break out the dictionary here and just go through Then there's it. the catch that was that wasn't. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah. No, there's – so many bad like you don't even need me for this one sounds like you got it for yourself i'll take i'll take a lap you can go through the dallas <laughs> encyclopedia of disappointments and i'll no, just this is I'll come back be, when you're done this is supposed to be positive this is supposed to be looking forward to the future of the teams i did and that i said they get they a, a little player bit even between... just saying that just <laughs> i was positive you're the one who made it negative no you're right you know you're right. fair <laughs> enough uh yeah no this 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 list for me for for number 10 for dallas is very simple i'm going to name off names and if they're there this is the order in which they should go kyle pitts Oh, you just want to score 50 at that point. Panay Sewell slash Rashawn Slater, whichever one slips. Elijah Vera Tucker. Rules. rules is rules. Rules is rules. This is, um, that, is this, that is the, that is the stat, stat line for this, yeah, basically, uh, when it comes to offensive linemen. Patrick Sertan. Yes. Or Trayvon Morick. Those five Ooh. are the five, or well, sorry, those six are the six names that they are going to, one of those six will be there at number 10. 
Hopefully. Otherwise, we got a lot of explaining to do how we got to this point and they're gone. And that's the order in which they should go. You literally start with Kyle Pitts. You need a tight end. Dak loves to throw to tight ends. Kyle Pitts is that tight end that he could absolutely light up the league with. You add that to Amari Cooper, Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. I mean, we talked about it with Atlanta. If Atlanta gets Kyle Pitts, how crazy that could be. This could be even crazier with Dak Prescott just putting up numbers, like video game numbers. And He's then he be running off. for his life, though. Then he moved to offensive line. If you have a chance to get Rashawn Slater, Penesul, very unlikely because we talk about Cincinnati at five, Detroit at seven, Carolina at eight, Denver at nine, all need offensive line as well. So those two obviously probably go somewhere there. Elijah Vera Tucker also probably somewhere there. But I mean, why not? If he's there, Vera he's Tucker there. Might slip though. I think Vera Tucker has a good chance of slipping. Honestly, he's probably the one that has the biggest chance out of the top three really offensive linemen to slip um, for sure in my eyes. And then on beyond that, you know, Patrick Sertan, if you have Patrick Sertan rated as your higher corner, that's the guy to go to. Otherwise, Trayvon Morig, deep safety, because why not? You obviously can't hold anybody from going over the top on this defense if you're Dallas because we saw everything they did last year. It was like every game getting beat over the top. So that's a safety issue to me more than it is a corner issue. That's why I have a safety ranked up at six in that list. So Plus Trayvon Morig is tackling. That'll help with tackling, too, when you have the Antonio Gibsons in the division, too. We saw what he did on Thanksgiving. You just need to be able to tackle him in open space, and Trayvon Moore gives you a guy who you can trust to make a tackle more often than not open space. Absolutely. So that's my list for Dallas at at, at 10. Obviously, it's a, it's a huge wish list. I love it, but I'm not expecting the first five names to be on that wish list to be there. I'm expecting more of the Patrick Sertan to probably be the pick right here at 10. But so I'm if they get one of those that. six guys, you'll be content. Absolutely. I'll be more than content. I'll be literally absolutely giddy uh on that color cast call for sure <laughs> what if they go a little bit outside the box and they go with somebody along the lines of maybe caleb farley or oh, okay okay it's it, to me cor- the corner if it's one of the top four corners which in my eyes greg newsome caleb farley jc horn patrick Sertan, those are your top four corners right there in this draft in my eyes if you go with I one rated of those Patrick four, Sertan a little bit higher in our in our big board rankings obviously i think they're all fantastic i think they're all really good if you had to pick one, though, who would you choose? You get your choice of all the corners. As of right, I'm with, I'm with you with the Patrick Sertan ranking. However, with that said, J.C. Horn is, is just an ungodly athlete. And then Caleb Farley, if he's actually healthy, healthy, that dude's just a freak. That's an alien. That's an absolute alien of a man that just, uh, yes. Him and Diggs on the other side, absolutely I'd love to have them bookend my corners because Diggs can be a number two corner again. He doesn't have to cover number ones. And no. you could put the safety over the top on that side too. Yeah. So that's, that's my solution for Dallas. And, and that's, it's not going to solve anything in day one, but you know what? It's going to make me feel better. And that's all that matters as a, as a Cowgirls fan. One step forward. Yeah. feel a little bit better. <laughs> but number 11, the New York Giants. And this is the team getting Saquon back. Um, Danny Dimes, as you mentioned, can run 80 yards, but not 85 or 200 yards. Um, he can get you 80% of the way there, but not the extra 20. He needs Saquon Barkley for that extra 20%. Um, Evan Ingram's still there, still questionable, still hit or miss whether he's actually going to be good or not. Uh, offensive line, they were pretty lackadaisical last year. So if you're the Giants, I mean, other than Will Hernandez, let's be honest, the Giants could have done a lot, could have had a lot better offensive line performance last year other than Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez played out of his mind. Other than him, everybody else is kind of – not good last year they are good quality players they just did not have a good year last year 
So if you're the Giants. Def- that's, that's tough because, like, as you mentioned, the offensive line was all right, but it had some work to do. Andrew Thomas, the rookie, was not bad, really, but he wasn't quite as good as some of his his fellow contemporaries like Tristan Wirfs or Jedrick Willis or Mackie Beckton. He was kind of the, the lesser of those guys, but he still, I think he still shows some promise as a good tackle. You brought in Kenny Galladay, the class of the receiver free agency, arguably. So you automatically have a guy who, well, he's up there somewhere. He'll go find it. Like that gives Danny Dimes just a big catch radius receiver. Darius Slayton showed he's really, really good last year. I think he showed the ability as a number two to stand out. Evan Ingram, Saquon, as you mentioned, coming back. They're kind of doing the same thing we talked about with two and what you have to do with these young quarterbacks is, all right, we have no idea if you're good or not. Here's everything. Let's figure out what you got. Here's an entire, here's an entire gun safe. Go ahead and just make it happen. We expect you to kill that squirrel. Here's every weapon. No, here's a call of duty class, basically make it happen. So with the giants, I think it's a little bit more different than, than the dolphins. Cause the dolphins, I think they're just trying to get all the weapons for two and beg. All right. You can't miss just pick your with these, with the Giants, I'd like him to go offensive line. I We're going to continue the rules as rules with offensive line. If Elijah Vera Tucker is there, that helps a lot. If somehow Rashawn Slater, hypothetically, let's say, slips to 11, he's the guy that slips, you turn that card in in roughly four and a half seconds. You run a 4-8-40 to that podium and give Roger Goodell that card before they change their mind. Yeah. This, I, is what you, this is what you bring in the kid who runs a 4-4 four, four on the – the 40 yard dash out in the NFL draft experience. This is what you bring him into your team. You hire him for this moment to run that card from point A to point B with no second thoughts without tripping or anything too. But if you're not going to go offensive line, I like receiver here as well too. just load up on those weapons back. All right. No one in the NFC East is really going to play that good of defense besides Washington. And there's originates in the front seven, not necessarily the back half while they do have actually have a pretty good secondary, but good luck guarding seven weapons deep. So, I wouldn't mind Jalen Waddle here back. Like, all right, here's a guy that you can't cover one-on-one for very long. So he will run away from you. Daniel, Danny Jones has a pretty good arm, not elite, but he can throw the ball down the field when Jalen Waddle gets eight yards of separation. Oh, no one's open by eight yards. That means Kenny Galladay is probably one-on-one. He'll, he'll take that odd. So I think you can't really go wrong with either one in that case, or if Jamar Chase is for some reason, I can't imagine any scenario that he's here, but let's just say he somehow is here for some absolutely blasphemous reason. I can't comprehend. That helps a lot too. I mean, that's a, that's going to be your number one receiver and Kenny Galladay is going to be the best number two in the league before the end of the year, probably. So if you're the giants, it's just literally helped Dan, Daniel Jones. You had a really good defense last year. You re-signed Leonard Williams, which is a smart move because he's an absolute monster. They'll be fine on defense. You brought in a Dory Jackson, a hell of a signing, fantastic signing. So just give Daniel Jones either a weapon or help build that wall in front of him. You really can't go wrong either way. It's the same thing with Tua. Just this one, I think, is a little more versatile because they brought in the Kenny Galladay's in the offseason. Yeah, and, and you also consider they still have Sterling Shepard. They still have Darius Slayton on that receiving core. Sterling Shepard for his six games a year. Yeah, so I mean, for those six games, you will you will be a top-tier offense, and you have a number two and number three threat there. I mean, and then when, when he's gone, you still have a quality number two and Darius Slayton to be there next to Kenny Galladay, and they, they work in tandem. Kenny Galladay, you know, will obviously catch everything that you need to with his big body and, and Darius Slayton can take the top off of any defense. So that's, that's something to consider as well. Um, well, almost any defense, I should say, but uh, offensive line for me, for this New York Giants team, that's the big one. Just give this Danny dimes some chances to throw dimes. That's that's I I'm, I hate seeing all these, these people say that Danny dimes is not a good quarterback. 
he hasn't stood up long enough in the pocket to be able to be a good quarterback in his career yet. It's like watching the first Carr brother come out of college for the Texans and then just get sacked a hundred plus times. And it's just, it's so bad to watch. You just kind of, you wish. And I'm saying this as a Cowboys fan too. I don't like seeing young quarterbacks get just absolutely demolished in the pocket and start seeing ghosts to the point where they're Eli Manning fetal position within two seconds. Whether there's somebody coming or not, he's immediately like, yeah, I'm not taking another big hit. Forget this. And then he'll run for 85 yards on the next play. Just, you know, that's just Danny Dimes. But yeah, it's it's one of those weird things that he does. It's it, In the pocket, he's one of the most scared quarterbacks. And I think the only way to fix that is to give him protection. And so, and I'm sure is, Saquon Barkley will gladly enjoy an offensive line upgrade too. Cause there was a lot of times last year in the shortest time he had last year. I mostly think of that Steelers game. He's getting hit before he gets the handoff basically. Like, so I think offensive line would help Saquon a lot as well too. And he'd be like, thank God I can use my giant quads in open space now. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a sad fact that, that at one point in time, Saquon last year had more yards after contact than he did yards which if nobody understands what I mean by that, he was getting contacted, as DJ said, before he was handed the ball off and gaining yards afterwards. He was just a one-man wrecking crew. And obviously I'm being sarcastic with that stat. It's not a real stat, but it literally, if it, you're it was keeping track of it. actually pretty close to accurate in that Steelers game because he only had like 10 yards at one point, but he had like 15 mm-hmm. yards after contact. So he'd get hit three yards deep and end up with a one-yard gain. Yeah, it's crazy to, to watch. Sa- you know, Saquon is a guy that, we talk about Christian McCaffrey and needing to protect that type of a guy. Saquon's the same way. You need to you need to bring assets in to protect him as well as as your quarterback because that's a once in a lifetime player that you have back there who can do all these crazy things. But you got to keep him healthy. And right now he hasn't been healthy because he's been a one man wrecking crew nonstop. And you saw he after the Steelers game, he's immediately like, "All right, shut me down, guys. I'm literally unable to function at this point in time. Like I just killed myself for you guys." So. It's a sad thing to watch. Um, granted, as a Cowboys fan, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, well. If you insist. It's yeah, good. I mean, all right. I feel bad for him, but like, oh, darn, you guys get losses now. Oh, shame, shame. It's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. It costs everything, but it's okay. Exactly. And now the Eagles, them Philadelphia Eagles, and all the craziness they've been through at number 12. Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, potentially. I don't even think they know what they're going to do back <laughs> right now. Uh, it's supposed to be Jalen as they have traded Carson to Indy. So obviously, obviously he's the only quarterback on the roster. Hopefully that's who starts for him, but we'll see. Um, we Nobody knows what's going to happen with the Eagles team because it's still the Eagles. Uh, more and more stories are coming about, about just how messed up that locker room dynamic was last year. And, Maybe you don't blame the coach as much as, as we had been before with all that coming out. But this is a new year, so hopefully a new team, right? That's how this is supposed to work. You got a so, new head coach. You got a new offensive coordinator. You got just about a new everything. So, I mean, you might as well get – hopefully – and you get people back healthy. I mean, there's so many injuries last year. A lot of them are coming back healthy. So, yeah, it's going to feel like a new team. So, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, which one won enough of your, your rock, paper, scissors competitions to get this number 12 pick? That's tough because uh, you got this is the same rules as rules with Jalen Hurts as we had with all these other quarterbacks. Thing is, I feel like they need some sort of playmaker because Jalen Rager, did, the jury is still out because so far looking at a lot of the receivers taken last year, he is the one who I don't want to say disappointed the most, but 
considering who they could have had when they got him to, I mean, you could have got Justin Jefferson, you could have grabbed T Higgins, you could have got Chase Claypool, you could have got Michael Pittman, all these other guys and Brandon Ayuk. Like there's so many other options that probably would have worked out better. I feel like you have to get a playmaker in the same vein as the giants of Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, and one of those guys is still there. Somehow Kyle Pitts, which is not possible, but let's if it was, you have to get one of those guys. You have to give Jalen Hurts a chance. You got to give him something. Presumably, Brandon Brooks is going to be healthy next year. Jason Kelsey will be healthy next year. Like presumably, you will have some semblance of an offensive line. Miles Sanders, you still got your running back. You got to give Jalen someone to throw to. You got to give him a chance. You did, Nick Sirianni, the new head coach, the former off the Colts and Charger Colts offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach, former Chargers quarterback coach with Phil Rivers. He knows offense. He's going to help Jalen Hurts succeed if he if Jalen's his guy. He's going to call the plays to help him, but he's got to have somebody on the other end. You got to have someone that can beat one-on-one coverage and get open. So I look at one of those top three receivers, or if somehow Kyle Pitts for some unexplained reason drops to 12, or if they want to trade up to go get him again, because why not just keep trading around? We'll go back and forth all over the place. So I just get a playmaker, really get one of those playmakers, get him, get him someone. Yeah. I feel like that's the biggest issue with this Eagles team is there's zero playmakers on the outside i mean you have jalen rager and that's it and and the one thing with jalen hurts is you you got to give him something to work with that's one of the things that made him so good at alabama is he actually had things to work with same with oklahoma he had things to work with he also had an offensive line to protect him so uh, yeah th- this is one of those things where you 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 got to get somebody who's gonna shirt can't he, you can't miss you can't miss with this number 12 pick basically is what i'm trying to say like you have, it has to be an offensive hit, and you have to hit perfectly right. If that makes sense, like you cannot miss this pick. This can't be a flyer pick on somebody who is a potential high high performing guy who has a low low floor. You know, this has to be a a high floor with a maybe just that's as high as the ceiling goes as well. You can't be going after any biscuits. It's not, you can't be going after the biscuits. You're not risking anything. You got to be as sure as possible. Exactly. So, I mean, if you see the Eagles, whatever you take here, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care which offensive position it is. Simply put, it needs to be offensive line or wide receiver safely. That needs to be your picks here. But you can't miss, period. Like, don't go try. I love, I love Quinn Miners, but don't go trying to make Quinn Miners a number 12 overall pick. Love the guy. Not loving him for a number 12 pick because his his floor is so low compared to what you need here in Philadelphia. If you want Quinn Miners, take him with that fifth pick, sixth pick in the second round that you still have. Like you got plenty of options here, but don't go overreach and just take the comfortable smart pick. Absolutely. So that brings us to number 19. That Washington football team, potentially being renamed sometime in this offseason, we'll see. Um, there's no telling what they decide to do. Um, but as of right now, the Washington football team, picking at number 19, the NFC East winning Washington football team with a very, very strong defense. A very strong defense, I think it's safe to say. It's just getting better as the years go by because they are, especially their defensive line, what, fourth-year pro is the oldest on their defensive line, I believe? Just four first-round picks casually, it seems like. I mean, Deron Payne, Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and they let Ryan Kerrigan go in the offseason, so now it's those four, all four first-round picks. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Terrifying. 
So at number 19, DJ, to round out our needs category, what do the Washington football team need to take at number 19 to be successful this year? Well, it's definitely not defensive line after all that. We can assuredly say that. <laughs> They're a weirdly interesting team because they have your number one receiver, Terry McLaurin, one of the most underrated slash best receivers in the game. Antonio Gibson, same thing at running back when he's healthy. Logan Thomas, of all people, is a really good tight end. Who saw that coming, right? Yeah. Virginia Tech quarterback taken as a project by Bruce Arians in Arizona. Now he's a really good touchdown scoring tight end. Brian Fitzpatrick is your quote-unquote quarterback. If I'm Washington, I try and find a way to trade up, see if I could snag one of those guys maybe. Like if Trey Lance slips out of the top 10, you're like, okay, Giants, I know I know we hate each other, but come on, come on. You, you try and finagle something. Just see if you can trade up and snag one of those guys. I think that has to be maybe not priority one, but high up on the priority list. But uh, if you don't get to, you get to stay where you're at. It's the offensive line again. It's going to end the same way it always is going to be. You've got the offensive line has a lot of question marks on it besides Brandon Sheriff. That's kind of your one lone bright spot. You need to protect Fitzpatrick because, I mean, he's 50. you got to protect him. Antonio Gibson, give him some holes to run through. Find a way to find ways to just control the ball and offense. Your defense will win you plenty of games as long as your offense doesn't lose it. You don't need to be high scoring. You don't need to be high flying. You don't have to be Ryan Fitzpatrick those two and a half games with the Bucks where he's looking like Conor McGregor throwing 50-yard bombs. You just need – don't throw interceptions, Fitzpatrick. That's all you need. Yeah. And then get the ball to Antonio Gibson. So I'd say offensive line, but at the same time, you can't hurt to grab another receiver if there's someone there to go with Terry McLaurin and the newly signed Curtis Samuel just to spread things out a little bit more. But I'm going to say offensive line is all but the mandatory at this point. Alex Leatherwood – Vera Tucker maybe slips. There's Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State just shut up the inside. It, it feels like it has to be offensive line. I don't know. I can't. I'm trying to think of something else that makes sense, but that defense is so good. It has to be offensive line. Yeah. The only thing I could think maybe you go for a safety. It would be the other option. Um, and uh, the only reason I would go safety here is if Trayvon Morg was still around. And that's just because, well, I mean, it's Trayvon Morg. I, I don't think I can say much more about how much I love his game. Um, other than to keep mentioning him in literally every chance I get. So, literally so. every single team should take him, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but no, to, I think to your point, though, this has to be offensive line. Uh, whether you go Taylor Heineke as your quarterback after, you know, Fitzgerald or Fitzpatrick gets his Fitzmagic done, um, it burns out again after five games, six games, seven games, whatever it's going to be this year. I predicted it at seven last year. I was off by a game. Oh, no. So this year, I guess I'm going to predict five, and I'll he'll go out at six again. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> I think it has to be offensive line. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Wyatt Davis, Elijah Bear Tucker, uh, Landon Dickerson potentially here um, for from Alabama. Uh, Alex Leatherwood, Christian Darisaw potentially being there still. Um, Leon Eichenberg, pretty good guy from Notre Dame, pretty big body. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things they could do here. Uh, I just. Uh, but with Washington, yeah, obviously it's it's offensive line number one, number two, uh, wide receiver slash safety. I think it's safe to say. So that's where we have this going, guys. Um, and this is yeah, this wraps up our 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 division needs. I mean, now that leaves one thing and one thing only. DJ, you ready for it? It's about that time. Yeah. So that leaves as you know, if you guys didn't catch it earlier. Mock Draft 2.0, where DJ and I both pick the entire first-round picks for every team. This will be a lot of a lot of fun, um, a whole lot of fun coming up, and that will actually be released on Monday of next week, which will be 
the 26th of April on Anchor and all of our other platforms. And it will then it will appear live Thursday on Unhinged Sports Network, which is a little different than what we normally do. Normally it appears first on Unhinged and then second on uh, our, our platforms. But because the draft is on Thursday, we want to get it out to the public earlier. And that's why it'll be out on Monday. So if you guys didn't already know, we will be on location in Cleveland doing a live color cast for charity on Thursday for the NFL draft. Come join us for that because that'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, I'm super excited about that one too. And yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff happening this next week and a half. It's going to be busy. Definitely tune in, follow us along, and definitely tune into the live draft contest. Come come hang out with us. Come drop some comments. Tell us what you think. Just enjoy the fun because it's going to be a heck of a ride. And it's going to be great to react to it all live as we go along too, especially because we know there's going to be some trades. It's mandatory. It's going to be some what the hell are you doing picks. There's going to be some, oh, that's a steal picks. Come along, join with us. It's for a good cause. Just come hang out and talk sports. Just just hang out for a bit. It's going to be an absolute blast. We'll enjoy it. You guys will too. Definitely tune in next Thursday for the first round. Absolutely. And if you guys can't check it out on ColorCast, that's okay. We will have a YouTube stream of it as well. You'll see DJ and I's. I don't know what we'll look like because we will have done the NFL draft experience earlier that day. So that'll be that'll be a whole lot of fun. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Depending but, on how the 40-yard dash goes, we might be in infirmary beds. You never know. <laughs> yeah, there might be a link. You might see me in a breathing mask. We don't know yet. This will be just a whole lot of fun coming forward, guys. Uh, but we cannot wait to bring it all to you over the next week and a half. So be sure to tune in and always follow us on Twitter at high underscore low underscore sports if you don't already. Because that's how you'll keep up to date on everything. And you'll see some pretty entertaining videos we'll be releasing during that draft experience. So check all that out, guys. And until next week, we will see you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.